today? I'm not hearing you. Are you ready for a word from God today? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Um, I've known Pastor Evan for many years and Pastor Che from um, like this small, went to high school together. I remember when the church was meeting in the school. How many here when Word of Truth was in the school? So we, God bless you guys. Give yourselves, you, you went through the transition and you have gone to another level to be in this space and in this place. How many of you came for the first time when it was in this building? Anybody like that here? Or for those of you who came afterwards, why don't you just write and put your hand together and thank those who came before you because what they did made it possible for you to be here today. Could we do that? But I'm really grateful to be here, our church, Life Church in Victorville, California, sends greetings. Um, my wife, Charmaine, you met her earlier. Could you stand one more time, my love? I know she doesn't like all that attention, but this is my dear angel. I call her my partner, my prize, um, love her to death, glad that she's with us today. Um, and I'm just so grateful to be here, to be part of this experience and this family and these people. Um, last night, we were going to dinner with um, Pastor Evan, and he said, um, Pastor Rowan, do I, who chooses where we eat? And I said, um, Pastor Evan, you choose, because where, whenever you choose it, you always take us to the next level. I mean, and so we went to this really nice place, and we're blessed. And one of the things I love about Pastor Evan is that somehow he's one of the, the wisest pastors and men that I know who has just a breadth of knowledge in not only the word, but in a lot of things. If anybody ever had a conversation with him. But somehow he's able to maintain looking like he's still in his 30s. Isn't that crazy? I'm telling you, you know. But I'm just blessed to be here. And so thank you, Pastor Evan, for allowing us to, to share in the service. Pastor Charmaine is going to be coming up at the end to, to help to pray as we, we dive in the word together. Let me just pray as we ask the Lord to, to meet us in this place. If you're watching online, if you could pause in whatever you're doing now, and just if you would, just put your hand over your heart. For those of us in the room, we'll do the same. And if you could just for a moment, just ask the Lord to start to speak to you. Because I believe that God has a word for you today. And all it takes is one word from God to change your life forever. It just takes one word of God to cause us to experience that shift that Pastor Evan spoke about. It just takes one word from God to change the very trajectory of our life. It just takes one word. And so God, I pray this day that you would release a word in season and on time for your people today. That God, in this moment, Lord God, you would speak into the heart of those who desperately need you, Lord God, and you would experience and allow them to experience a turnaround. That, Father, today you would cause us to move from one level to another, that you would grow us up into Christ even more. That, Father, today would be a day of transformation, that today, by your word, you would bring something that we need from you. So, Lord, have your way, Lord God. I pray, Jesus, that in spite of me, that you would speak your word into every single heart. That, God, even as they would hear my voice, more than that, Lord, they would hear your voice echoing into their soul. And so, Lord, do it today, because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> man, not praising word. Bro, worship team, God bless you. Man, we felt the presence of the Lord in this place. And the good news, he is right here with us today. And for those watching online, God is so amazing that even though we are here and we're experiencing the presence of God, God in his supernatural power would touch you right where you are. That even though you are wherever you are in the world, at whatever time of the year you're watching this, the Spirit of God is able to minister to you and to touch you in a way that would, as if you were in this room, because God is just that kind of God, right? 
I don't know if you remember this centurion came to Jesus and he said to him, Jesus, would you heal my servant? And Jesus said to him, hey, I'm going to come to your house. And he says, oh, no, 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 Lord, don't, don't, don't come. Just, just say the word. And miles away, Jesus said the word and they were healed. And you may be miles away watching right now, but there's a word of God coming to you. And in this moment when you hear it, he will bring change and deliverance and healing to you. So just be ready, just be prepared because God's got you. Amen? I want to talk to you today about the next level. We've been doing a series for the last couple of weeks with Pastor Evan. But how many of us over the last couple of weeks, you've been challenged, your faith has been moving to go to the next level. Because God wants all of us to go from glory to glory towards the image of Christ. Many times we stay at this level, but I'm going to challenge you, surge, urge you, push you, nudge you to make a step. Because the only way to get to the next level is that you've got to make a step. The only way you're going to get up higher in what God has for you, you've got to do what? Make a step. And so I'm going to be challenging you today to make a step. That you would not be trying to think, okay, God, just lift me up and put me there. But no, that when God calls you up higher, you're going to do what? I'm not hearing you, you're going to? Because God is calling you to the next level. And to get to the next level, you've got to make a step. And so we're going to do that today. You know, there is this, in the Olympics, we saw many people. And Che and I were very impressed with um, that um, 400 meter hurdle, um, Sydney McCullough, can I pronounce her name properly, that she went to the next level. She, she beat her own world record. I mean, that's like next level stuff, right? And of course, we're from Jamaica, so I have to put a, an acknowledgement that for the 100 meter sprint for the females, right? They came first, second, third. That was what? Next level stuff. Amen. My um, mother-in-law just got this new car, and um, it has all the, you know, the gadgets and the fancy stuff. So I was driving it the other day, and I put the, the cruise on, Pastor Evan. And then there's a little button beside it, so I, I pressed it. And while I'm on the freeway, I felt the steering wheel moving for me. So I'm like, all right, let me just test something out here. And so I let it go. Don't do this, right? So I, I let it go. And the car was staring. And it curved with the freeway past the Evan. I said, Charmaine, this car is driving by itself. And then the lights flash. Beep, 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 beep. You know, put your hand on the freeway. Can I tell you? That's some next level technology. I mean, that's like, that's just moving from one level to another level in the technology. I was just mind blown. The reality is that even in our relationships, there are times when they would have this conversation. The guy would say, um, we've been talking for a while. Are you ready to take this to the next level? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just recently walked my daughter down the aisle and um, she got married. They call it, they got cuffed. Did you know that, Pastor Evan? They took the relation to the next level. They got cuffed. They weren't just talking anymore. They weren't just, they were, yeah, next level. I know there's somebody here like, man, I'm waiting for that next level. But today I want to talk to you about your faith going to the next level. All of us, if we're alive in Christ, our faith goes from one level to another level. That if we would be foolish to think that we have arrived, that this is it, I've made it. Because the Bible dear, clearly says that in Romans 1 verse 17, for it is in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It's revealed from what? Faith to faith. Meaning that it moves from one level of faith to another level of faith. From the beginning of our faith journey to the end of our faith journey, we keep going from faith to faith. Each of us, the Bible says, is given a measure of faith. I mean, God in His grace pours something in you to allow you to believe in Him, to receive Him as Lord and Savior. And therefore, He gives to each of us what? A measure. Thank you so much, sir. A measure of faith. But then He moves on 
to move our faith from one level to the next level. Wasn't it his disciples who once said to him, Jesus, increase our faith. Take us to that next level, Lord. Allow us, Lord God, to, to go to that space where we can move in the realm that we move. You see, they weren't able to do some of the miracles that Jesus told them to do. And therefore, they said, Jesus, would you increase our faith? Many of you are going to be going into ministry. When Pastor Eben shares next week about the power of serving, your faith is going to move up. And your anointing in ministry is going to shift to another level. Because you've got to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory to look more and more like Jesus Christ. And so therefore, my prayer today is that your faith goes up to the next level. I've been praying for you this week. I've been saying, God, would you move them to the next level? This week, Sham and I were talking and sharing. And as we were sharing, we said, you know what? What is the word that the Lord has for word of truth? A faith church. And it's like, you know what? Let's go one step more. Let, let us rejoice in where we have been, but let us go to the next level. Let, 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 us, let us celebrate all where we are at, but let's go to the next level. Are you tracking with me? I mean, if, as humanity, we've been talking about all these fancy cars, but they're gone to the next level. They have the flying cars. And they just did one of those pilot runs of it, and it flew for about 45 minutes from one part of the city to the next. That's what? Next level. So word of truth, you have gone through a journey of faith and have seen God do amazing things in your history. But I'm here to tell you today that there is more for you in God and that your next step is to go to the next level of faith. Are you with me? More, higher, deeper. I'm believing with you today and praying that God will allow your faith to move from believing God for forgiveness that you go to the next level of faith where you believe God for holiness. I'm believing today that even as God activated many of you to engage in your tithe and your offering, that he would move you to another level of faith, that you'll be generous on every occasion. He says, I'm going to make you able that you can be generous, what? At all times. I mean, can you imagine what it's looking like wherever you go? Whoo! I mean, that is a next level of godliness. Because God, how many of us... Our relationship with God is characterized by us asking him things and thanking him for things because God is what? A giver. And therefore, can you imagine what it looks like when your faith is in a place where you're believing God so much that everywhere you go, you can be a giver too? Representing God. We did a series recently at our church called The Overflow. And as the Lord challenged our guys to go to the next level of faith, one of the, the guys in our church he was at work, he shared a testimony where, this is Danny, and he, a worker, one of his fellow workers were going off to do a surgery. And they were going to have to miss work for about a month. But he only had like PTO or vacation time or sick time for a shorter time than that. So they're going to be without work, without pay. And Danny says to the co-worker, tell you what, God spoke to my heart. I'm going to cover that week and a half that you would not be paid. Are you tracking with me? That's next level generosity. That's, that's next level giving. That's next level representing God. And so therefore, when you step into the next level, then God moves you to a whole different realm. Are you with me today? And that's what I'm praying for, that God will take you to that next level. See, many of us celebrate the goodness of God because he's been good to us. Amen. But can you imagine what it likes when your faith goes to that next level and you can celebrate and praise God even when everything looks like it's going crazy? That you're in bed and you're sick, but you're worshiping anyway. That's next level. See? And just to let somebody know, don't feel too bad. When it comes to growing up in Christ and going to the next level and maturing, some people make the mistake to think that unless I'm at this level, God doesn't really love me or appreciate me. Or sometimes you think, when I'm at the lower level, then I'm a second-class Christian. Or, you know, or some people have those kind of weird thoughts. Or they, they think, well, until I get to the next level, I'm going to earn more of God's favor. Let me just clear that up right now 
whether you're a baby in Christ or you're a teenager in Christ or you're an adult in Christ, the love of the Father is still with you. Right? I have four children. I love them when they're babies, when they're demanding, when they're just waking up in the night, when they're pooping and, you know, all that stuff. I love them. They're my babies. Now that they're adults, growing up, making contribution, doing all these amazing things, I still love them the same way. So I want to tell somebody today who the devil would try to lie to you and tell you, you know what, I'm not at that level, so I'm not that good. I'm here to tell you, God's love is not determined by your maturity. Are you, are you tracking with me? God loves everybody because we are his children. If you're born again, his love is manifested to you all the time. The difference is that it is your level of maturity that determines God's, God giving you responsibility in the kingdom. At this level, God says, I can trust you with this. At this level, I can trust you and give you something more. At this level, Pastor Evan, he says, you know what? I, you can handle this. At this level, he's like, here are the full access to the kingdom because I can trust you because you're now grown up. Are you with me today? So let's dive right into it. Are you ready? So I'm going to talk to you about three levels. I'm going to start what I would call first level faith. And we're going to be using the father of our faith, as it were, Abram, to, to understand these three, these three levels that we're talking about. First level faith is facing the future. Facing the future in faith is because faith is being convinced and being certain about God's promises for your future. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Literally what it means is that faith is being convinced about what God says, and certain about what He promised. It's a knowing confidence. It's an anticipation. It's an expectation. It's like, oh yeah, it's mine. I have access to it. That is what faith is. Faith is like your title deed to your house. It is for property you have that you know it's mine. And I just need to go and take possession of it. That's what faith is. And in Acts chapter 7, verse 2 to 5, let's look at it quickly. Stephen is responding to the people and he says, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abram while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land, that is Canaan, where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance there, not even enough ground to set his foot on. But God promised him, that he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at that time, Abram had no child. So, first of faith is where God speaks to Abram. When he was, before he got to, to Haran, and he said to him, Hey, I want you to get up, and I want you to go to a land I'm going to show you. Leave your father, your mother, your land, your people, and go. See, first level faith is where God shifts your position. First level faith is where God takes you out of one thing into something else. First level faith is where you leave the kingdom of darkness and go into the kingdom of light. The first level faith is where God says, you know what? Concerning your future, I know the plans I have for you. So therefore, head in the direction I'm sending you. And for many of you, it was when Jesus called you and says, follow me. See? And he said, I believe you, God, and you made the shift. Some of you moved out of relationships, moved out of circumstances, moved out of habits, moved out of your mindset, and you stepped into the kingdom by faith in God and went towards the future. And your anticipation that, you know what? God saved me, he forgave me, and he has for me a home in heaven. That therefore, the end of this all, I have my hope. That's like first level faith. Are you with me? 
How many of us have that? How many of us know for sure that if you were to die today, you would be with God in heaven? How many of us know that He saved you, He healed you, and He's setting a future for you? How many of you are convinced that it doesn't matter what is happening in this world, that God's future and His plans for you are good? You see, Abraham didn't get the full specifics. Are you with me? God just said, follow me, I'm taking you somewhere, just go. And some of you, when he came to Christ, you didn't know all what it was going to be about. But you knew I needed to make a move. I needed to change my life. I needed to surrender to God. I had to move. And then you moved. See, when I came to Christ and I made what I call that full commitment, actually it was on the same year that Pastor Chedid, I went to a, a retreat. The Holy Spirit convicted me and called me to himself. And I had to wait up. Pastor Evan, I mean, I was, I was into math at the time. And so I did this expected value thing. I was like, okay, if I follow Christ, I could just wear gray and be boring. Because I was one of those kids who was just like doing too much adventures. I won't tell them on you, check. He wasn't always saved. <laughs> <laughs> And therefore, I thought if I came to Christ, I'd have to give up all the, you know, the fun stuff, the party stuff, the, all that stuff. But it means funny, no, it's legal, but in our days, it was not, okay? So, I, I was like, oh, we have to give up all that stuff. And then, we're gray and then dangle to heaven. Or, like what some of these guys say, you get this abundant life, full of power, but I had no clue what that meant. I just said, well, okay. And I said, on the other hand, I could stay in this adventurous life, die early, and go to hell. Or I could stay in this adventurous life, have a great, long, adventurous life of all kind of parties and money and all that stuff, and then die and go to hell. And I waited up, Pastor Eben, and I'm like, well, you know what I did. I'm here. Hallelujah. Right? I'm, I said, you know what? I did not know all of what God was calling me to. But I knew God was calling me. And I believed in him enough and what he did on the cross to make that step of faith, to go into a direction, into a future that was unknown to me, except that I knew God was calling me. And if you're here today or if you're watching and you're like, I want to know everything. You, you, you can't know everything he has in store for you. Eye has not seen nor ear heard all that he has for you. But he will reveal it to you by, your, by his spirit when what? You make that step of faith to follow him. If you need to do that today, today is your day of salvation. Today is your day to make that shift. Today is your day to say, you know what? I'm going to make my first step of faith and believe God, surrendering my life to him completely. And I'm going to follow him into a future, even though I don't know everything about it. I know who he's going to take me there. It's God. Amen? First level faith. Problem with thinking about first level faith, right, is that it's not perfect. Now, I know there's a few of you who the day you got saved, you became perfect instantly. God bless you. It, it, it wasn't fact for me. And to give some of us comfort, it wasn't like that for Abram either. You see, God called him from before he got to Haran. And the Bible says that God said to Abram, leave your father's house, leave your land, leave your people. But when Abram left Ur of the Chaldeans, if you read Genesis chapter 11, the Bible says he asked daddy to take him. And the Bible says that his daddy took them and the whole family. And when they got to this place called Haran, which means dry place, they stopped and settled there. And the reality is that many of us start out following God, but because we don't follow fully and say, you know what, daddy had to stay, mommy had to stay, we take our trappings with us, it causes us sometimes to settle in Haran. 
And you're wondering why you're going through a dryness in your life. You're wondering why spiritually you're not as vibrant as you started out to be. Maybe because when God called you out, you went out, but you took some of what you left with you. God says, leave your father's house, leave your land, leave your country. But guess what? Everybody came. And so the Bible says that they settled in Haran, that dry place. And he did not move again, Pastor Evan, till his father died. And some of us are stuck into certain attachments that's preventing us to get to where God has for us because we refuse to let it go and go on. We refuse to, to move on from that level to the next level. And God is saying to somebody today that, hey, the dry place that you're stuck in, I want to take you out of it. But you don't wait till that thing dies. You need to just walk away from it. It, I, it might be like the cognac. There's somebody here that you know exactly what God is speaking about that says, hey, let it go and go on. But Abraham, you know, again was like us. As he was going on, his dad died, no. And God says, dude, <laughs> let's go. And the Bible says he got up and go. Pastor Evan, he took Lot with him. He took a lot. God says, leave your family. And the bro he took his nephew with him. You see, his nephew, his nephew's dad died. So his sentiment, watch this now, made him take his nephew with him. Sometimes our good sentiment can be the hindrance to where God wants to take you. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody needs to know. Listen, you get, but, but it's my, I know, but if God said, it's time to go. You've got to say, I've got to go. Are you tracking with me? There are some people stuck in compromise because you don't have the guts to disappoint somebody who is expecting you to stay in compromise with them. We're going to fill this altar today, Pastor Evan, because God is trying to tell people, I want you to make a step to the next level. That there are things wanting to stay here, but God is challenging someone today, make the step. Just say good. Because you know what happened with Lot? A few years later, Lot's people and Abram's people start to fight. Because when you're not where God wants you to be, you're inviting all kinds of strife and openness to the enemy. And what you're going through now is not because of the devil. It's because you refuse to let go of that thing that God says to leave it alone. There are some of you like Jonah that God said go here, but you go there and you cause trouble for all the people around you. You've got to move on to get to where God wants you to go. You've got to forget what is behind you and you've got to press to where God is calling you heavenward in Christ. I'm telling somebody today, it's time for you to make that choice concerning your faith that I'm about to move on. That's level one. Everybody ready to go to the next level? Somebody's like, oh God, more. Help me, Jesus. Don't worry, he will help you. Because he's going to cause your faith to rise today. Because faith comes from hearing. And you are right now hearing the word of God. That would cause your faith to rise. That you can make the step. The next level of faith is not just facing the future. But facing the facts. Everybody say facing the facts. Faith in the facts relates to being convinced and certain that what God promises he will do, he will do it in spite of the circumstances. And therefore you can patiently persist and pursue what God says. Let me give you some more from our friend Abraham. In Romans 4 verse 18 to 24, it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Watch verse 19. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact 
that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. I like the way the, the ESV says it in verse 21. It says he was fully convinced that God was able to do what is promised. The challenge we have in the kingdom sometimes is that we don't try to face the facts with faith. What we try to do is deny the facts and pretend instead of facing the fact with faith. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, it's like this. If, no, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We have experienced and seen supernatural healing right guy came to our church he came in a wheelchair he had a stroke couldn't speak never heard his voice and we prayed pastor evan let me tell you something when you believe in god you know you pray today you pray tomorrow you pray next week and you keep on praying it's one thing i learned from abraham you know he wanted a baby god promised him a child and he waited 20-something years and nothing was happening. Guess what? You've got to keep on believing. So this guy, we're praying for this guy regularly. It's about 17 months of him being there. I'm in a, uh, a leader meeting and we're moving by the Spirit. And I hear a voice says, I have something to say. And I didn't recognize the voice. I'm like, who is that? And he waved his hand. And I heard his voice for the first time in 18 months. Because that day, God healed him. And he spoke for the first time in 18 months. Are you tracking with me? That has caused our faith to go whoop. Right? Comes up to the wheelchair. And he walks. Running across the aisle. Remember that, Charmaine? Crazy. So, I know God heals. Right? Secretary at the church office. For 20-something years, she had these eye issues, and she was going for surgery. They said she couldn't do surgery because of something else wrong with her eye. That Sunday morning, Pastor Evan had, the Lord has prompted me, take the oil at the church. And I was like, okay, there's oil at church, but there's this oil somebody gave me from Israel. I took it with me. End of service, nothing happening. So I'm packing up, and then I see Larisha talking to one of the pastors. And he says, hey... Her eyes, she can't get to do the, the procedure, blah, 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 blah. And I said, that's why I have the oil. Took the oil out. And the Bible says, hey, anoint the sick person with oil. And the prayer of faith will make them well. Put the oil on her. Prayed for her in the name of Jesus. She felt the relief instantly. She goes home and tell her husband. He's like, ah, this is what happened in the morning. In the morning, she says, I still feel better. And I'm like I, like, I like the way Jesus did it. He says, go show yourself to the priest. I said, hey, make sure you go talk to your doctor. <laughs> Amen? She goes to the doctor. They check her. They said, they don't. They, miracle. And they scheduled a procedure for her. Are you tracking with me? God is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. That is God. But here is a challenge with us as believers many times. I would say to somebody, hey, how are you feeling? I'm fine. Praise the Lord. I'm good. Liar. I can believe in God as healer and still be able to say, you know what? My head hurts like crazy. The doctor said I have this lump. We don't have to deny the truth or the facts to be in faith. We can say, hey, the facts are this is what's going on. The facts are, this is what I'm feeling. But God is my healer. That he's able to do what he promised to do. I can face the facts like Abraham without weakening in my faith. You see, confession has to be where our heart lines up with our 
words and then something powerful happened. Are you, are you with me today? So therefore the Bible says you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, salvation happens. So therefore we learn to speak the truth of God's word when it lines up with our heart. The problem is that some people speak the truth of their words, but their heart is not in it. They really don't believe. They really don't have faith. They're just saying it because it seems to be the socially acceptable thing to do in a faith church or in a Christian context. Are you with me? Next level faith is where you can face the facts, but in your heart you are fully persuaded that God is able to do what he promised. See, you can face the facts that, hey, right now the bank account is zero, but I am fully persuaded that God is able to provide for me before that bill is due. Are you tracking with me? You see, it's like I can face the facts that, hey, it's not seeming to add up right now, but I'm fully persuaded that when I tithe and I give my offering, that God will really open the floodgates of heaven over me, that he will bless me and let me have room that I cannot contain it. Why? Because I can face the facts in faith. Don't deny the facts. Don't live in denial. Don't live in fear. Some years ago, I got a, a call from one of the hospitals, and um, the a surgeon calls me. He's like, um, Pastor Earl, um, one of your members are here, and we had scheduled surgery, and she's now refusing the surgery. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, you know, why are you calling me? I said, call Charmaine, you know? <laughs> and he says, well, she says that she's not doing the surgery because she's having faith for God to heal her. I said, oh, now I know why you called me. So I said, hey, let me come down and meet this, this lady. She visited our church a few times. Um, and it's also a beautiful thing in the past even. I'm sure you have this too. Where you have some wonderful people who maybe come to church like three, four times for the, for the year. But guess what? You're the only pastor they know. And because of that, that was the name she used, which opened access for me to get to be there when she needed us. Can I tell you, if you're watching online and you have no pastor, there's a pastor here that will be able to love you, connect with you, even before he even sees your face. That when you are in trouble, have confidence that you know what? That when you call, they will answer. Amen? Amen? Let me move on quickly because like Pastor Edmund, I'm realizing I didn't say the time, but I saw it now. <laughs> Is this helping you? So I go down to the, to the hospital the next day and I meet with this, this sister and I said, hey, tell me what's going on. Within five minutes or less, I realized that it, she was not actually operating in faith. She was operating in fear. She was afraid of the surgery. She thought if she goes into surgery, she's going to die. And so what she did was use the Christianese to say, I'm believing God in faith. No, she wasn't believing God. She was afraid of surgery. Tracking me? So there are some people, you know, who instead of facing the facts and trust God, they operate in fear and use God's name. So after about 20 minutes with her of giving her word, and allowing her, to, her faith to rise now in God. She said to me, Pastor, I'm going to do the surgery. Because God is with me. And God's hand is going to be on that surgeon. And I'm going to come out alive. I will live and not die. But declare the word of the Lord. That lady, Pastor Evan, did her surgery. Came out and lived. And she could say, it was because of God who did it. Are you tracking with me? Like Abraham, we've got to go to the level of faith. That allows us to face the facts. Without weakening our faith. My child is gone. Face the facts. But faith says they're coming home. See? Let me move on quickly. So the question I want to ask somebody today is, what are the facts that you're facing today? What are the facts that's telling you you can't? See, for Abraham, it was very obvious. He was 100 years old. They didn't have the blue pill. His wife was old. And... It was like, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, nothing's happening. Right? 
That's right. Right? And so therefore, he faced that facts. That, hey, everything is south. But guess what? He believed God. Now, when you go to minister, one of the reasons people don't want to serve is they think, I'm not enough. Is that the facts you're facing? Can you instead believe God in faith that even though I feel like I'm not enough, God is able to make me enough? Some people think, well, they don't really need me. Can I tell you? You are needed. And God would use you to change someone's life forever. I can't tell you the number of times that there a greeter who meets somebody in the door or somebody who's leaving church and rescues their life. It was just about two and a half months ago. We just came back from COVID. Somebody came to church and Wanda Usher saw them leaving in the middle of it. You know, maybe I offended them. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, they were leaving the church. And they said, excuse me, are you okay? And the person paused. And then she went up to, the, to them and said, tell me, are you okay? Do you need anything? Can I pray for you? That lady was so stressed and depressed. She came to church in her mind. that you know what? I think after this, I'm going to kill myself. Until unless God meets me. And you know who, how God met her? Through a greeter outside who stopped her before she left. Prayed for her. Turned her life around. Now she comes to church on a regular basis. No more idea of trying to kill herself. You've got to face the facts that you may not be experienced. You have to face the fact that you may not think you know everything. You may have to face the fact that you haven't been trained all that. But you have to believe. That when you are in the place where God wants you, he will use you. You don't have to be ordained for God to meet you and by his power work through you and rescue somebody's life. Your smile could be the smile that they need to change your life forever. All these guys on cameras and in the equipment, what they're doing... They may think, well, it's nothing, but guess what? It is big, big, big because there are people getting saved today because you are doing what you're doing. Listen, guys, you just need to step into service. Face the facts, the lies, all that the enemy tells you not to. And say, you know what? God, I'm going to. Abraham thought he was impotent, but by the power of God, he rose to the occasion. He was able to have a child. Can I tell you? You may think you are not enough, but God would move you to take you to the next level. The next level faith. Don't let it stop you. Don't say you're too old. Don't say you're too young. Don't say I'm single. Don't say I'm married and busy. Don't say I am limited. I don't have the education. I don't have the gifts. I don't. No more of that. Face those facts and say, you know what? God is still able to do what he promised. Let me quickly wrap this up on level three, which is facing the fire. Everybody say facing the fire. You got to face the fire in faith. That means you're being convinced and you're certain that what God promises he will do by making provision when you sacrifice. Let's go back to Abraham one more time. Hebrews 11 verse 7 to 19. It says, by faith, Abraham, when tested, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offering will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned in faith that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac from the dead. See, our faith is tested with fire to prove the genuineness of it. Abraham was caught in that situation, Sharm. He was there torn where God says, sacrifice my son. But he said, but God, this is the, this is the one, this is the one that, that you promised me. And God says, sacrifice him. And can't tell you what happened? Well, you know the story, many of you. When he was about to sacrifice his son, Abraham said, I believe God so much that God will provide himself a lamb. And when he's about to kill his son, the angel says, don't do it. And he saw the ram. And Abraham, the Bible says, name the place Jehovah Jireh. Because on the mountain of the Lord, the Lord provided. Now, this is for somebody in the house. Listen to this revelation. Abraham, God called him to sacrifice his son. And at the moment of sacrifice, Pastor Che, 
when he's about to do it, God provided for him the sacrifice. Jehovah Jireh, I grew up learning Jehovah Jireh, you know, and some of us now sing that new song, Jireh, you know, you're more than enough, and we, and we love it, right? And we, we say God is our provider, but here is how the provision actually started that name. Abraham committed to sacrifice something, his son, and the Lord provided the sacrifice. It's going to hit you in about three minutes. There are times in your life when God calls you to sacrifice. And before you actually sacrifice, because you already said yes, God provides a sacrifice for you. Shamini, I've experienced it. We've committed, God put it in our heart. Hey, commit this sacrifice to the kingdom. Right? Where the first time we're going to, we made a big commitment. We said, all right, God, we believe in God. God told us, hey, give $10,000. How are we going to do it? So it was like years ago. And it was huge. But can I tell you, before it came the day that we had to sell something to give it, God provided it. Jehovah Jireh. At the place of sacrifice, on the mountain where you're about to kill what is dearest to you, God provides the sacrifice that he called upon you to make. Are you with me today? That God is able... That when you say yes to the Lord, I will sacrifice whatever you want. God says, you know what? I'm going to actually meet you at the place of sacrifice because I know your heart is fully committed to me. And he provides it for you in that moment. We have lived to see how God has blessed that whatever we sacrifice for him in this life, he is giving it back to us times a hundred. So therefore, third level faith is facing the fire. When it demands of you a sacrifice that you don't want to give. Whether it be your money, your time, your whatever. There comes a testing moment for every believer. Where it comes to this crucial moment. When you have to make a choice to make that big sacrifice. And when you do, Jehovah Jireh says, I got you. And I'm going to close. Hallelujah. Keep going? Okay. He told me I could keep going. (laughs) God wants to provide for you. But some of us are at that level where we're not willing to make the sacrifice. We wouldn't have that word Jehovah Jireh if Abraham did not say, yes, God, I will make the sacrifice. And then he would not have experienced Jehovah Jireh. Some of you are at the edge where God has been challenging you and calling you to make a certain sacrifice. But you're like, "Mm, no, God. 1994, working in business, doing new part development, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And God says, hey, I'm calling you into full-time ministry. Sherman is in medical school. We had one baby at a time. We stepped into faith. And in those days, you actually actually lived by faith. <laughs> it was weird in those days, you know, when preachers would step into ministry, there was just like zero guarantee. They're like, all right, step into faith. We just trust God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fortunately, our church said, we're going to trust God with you. And what they committed to was about a quarter of our salary. So we sold the sports car. We shrink the other car to a little car. We cut everything down. Why? We are making the sacrifice to believe God to step into ministry. Somebody said, how are you going to pay for medical school? I said, listen, I'm facing the facts. I don't have it in the bank. But guess what? God is able to provide and he will take care of it. Why are you? Che, they said, one of my sister's like, listen, you can't drive that little car. It's like a two-door car now. Right? Me, Shaman, and the baby in the back, you know. I said, no, that's too embarrassing. I'll, 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 I'll buy the car and you just pay me back one day. I go, no. I'm believing God. See? Right? Do you see that? I said, fire. God was testing that to see if what is in here is genuine. That's what First Peter says. So the trial of your faith is like gold being purified with fire to be proved genuine. When your day of testing comes, don't shrink back. Don't go, oh, no, I can't. 
I can't go to that level. No, you say, yes, God, I believe you. Why? Because God is taking you to that next level of faith. That in the middle of the fire, you can say, God, I believe you still. And I will make the sacrifice. Why? Because I know you are my source. You are my everything. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. That you are the one who provides everything I need for life and godliness. Or do we not really believe that? You see, when you know that you know that you know that God is your source, you're not afraid to make the sacrifice. You're not afraid to step out in faith because you know He who owns a cattle of a thousand hills will provide for you. That He will send favor your way. That when I give, He will give back. Press down, shaking together. That all kind of people give back to my bosom. I know that He's able. See? You see, we say it, but when the moment of testing what we believe comes today, you're going to step into that next level and you're going to believe God. You're going to make the sacrifice. You're going to do what God says because what happens is faith releases obedience in your life. The reason we can't believe is because we don't, the reason we can't obey is because we really don't believe. But not after today. You're making the step of faith. Amen? I want to close with this. I want to, what is all this crazy stuff we know here? I want to share with you something. This is for somebody who you've been believing God. And you've been giving your tithes and your offerings. And as you've been doing it, God promises to open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing that you won't have room to contain it, meaning you're going to go into an overflow. The problem is you're not seeing the overflow. And so therefore you're being challenged in your faith, like is this really working? I wanted to show you quickly that God wants it to work for you. But you've got to do a couple things to experience it. Can I do that? Let me just show you quickly. This is Chando. So, all right, come over here. So let's say, for example, hold this. An overflow, let's say this is your bucket, represents your life. Overflow means God is going to give you more than your bucket can contain and cause it to overflow. Does that make sense? One basic principle is that when God is pouring into your life, it doesn't mean to keep expanding your bucket then you won't experience overflow. You have to have this thing called contentment to allow for the overflow. But here's a problem many people have. Because I know it happened to me. God is pouring into your life. God opened the floodgates of heaven, you know. God is fulfilling his promise because you're a giver. The problem is, as God is pouring into your life, you keep stopping at a certain level. And you keep wondering why I can't get any further than this. No matter how much he pours, it keeps leaking. You know why? Because there's a hole in your bucket. There lies a there lies a there's a hole in your bucket you see what happened is there are some of us that when god is blessing you it's not that god is not faithful is that we've got some holes that's causing it to leak and for you to experience the overflow i want to share with you three quick things to set somebody free it wasn't in the original thing in the pastor chain but last night the lord said some people need to be set free so i know a word for somebody today that you're going to be set free. Proverbs 21, verse 5. I'm going to read it very quickly. All of this is in Proverbs 21. In Proverbs 21, verse 5, it says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. What is am I saying? Pastor Edmund is providing for you a little budget sheet that you can be planning how you spend what God has given you. Because the plans of the diligent lead to what? Profit. Why? Because when you do that budget, you can actually plan it out to make sure you have a profit. You can make sure the expenses are less than the income that you have a profit. But if you don't plan it, you won't know it. And it says, as surely as haste, everybody say haste, leads to poverty. You know what haste is? I'm just, today I want to break. I'm just going to go to the mall. Look at that. Let me feel good and make that hasty purchase. How many of us have been guilty? Go to somewhere that requires a five-year commitment and make a hasty decision and sign away for that nice vehicle that you didn't plan for. And you wonder why you're broke. Because you made a hasty decision. Are you tracking with me? Impulse spending would lead to poverty. 
the emotional retail therapy to comfort yourself after that argument. I'm stepping on some toes in here. Where, where's the tape? You got to close that hole. Because you see, God says, if you're faithful in little, I'll give you more. The gates would stop if it always is leaking out. Why would God keep pouring in to a bucket with holes in it? You've got to close the holes in your bucket. Next proverb. Proverbs 21, verse 17. Whoever loves pleasure will become poor. Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never be rich. Unregulated, addictive pleasure spending is a hole in your bucket. While self-control and contentment will close it up. Some of us have habits sometimes that we're addicted to. And we just can't help it. Oh, I just need it. If you're in a place where you said, I can't help it and I need it, something's wrong. Right? Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And the top one is what? Self-control. You can't help it if you have the Holy Ghost. But if we think we can just impress our neighbor... And say, you know what? I'm going to go play golf every week even though you can't afford it. Because you want to make Jack Spratt be impressed with you. You can say, oh, it's church. It's all right. God wants to overflow your life. But if Proverbs is telling us, hey, don't be addicted to anything. It would lead you to ruin. Last one. Proverbs 21 verse 20. It says, the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulps theirs down. <laughs> the wise store up. What does that mean? You've got to have some kind of savings. Start with $10, $100, I don't care. Just start the habit of saving because if you don't store, the Bible says in, in, in Second Corinthians, he will increase your store of seed. But if you have no store, what is it going to increase? If you don't intentionally plan some savings in your life, what is going to be increased in your life? If every increase you get, you spend it. God is like, ay, ay, ay. Joseph is in Egypt. Seven years of plenty. Seven years of famine. During the seven years of plenty, Joseph stores seed. So that during the seven years of famine, they have seed for themselves and the world. Many of us, during the seven years of plenty, we eat the seed. And then during the seven years of famine, we cry, oh God, you don't love me. God is like, I provided for you seven years ago. Am I talking to somebody today? Let me close this off with sure do. When you close the bucket, God says, ah, you're faithful in little. I'm going to keep on pouring more and more and more and more until, tilt it, you overflow, you overflow, you overflow. That is what you need to know. The, the disappointment you're experiencing is not because God is not faithful. It's because... We perish for lack of knowledge of not simply doing some things to close the overflow. Pastor Evan preached last week about financial management. Listen to it again. If you manage it well, God will bless you and cause it to overflow more in you. Sharon, would you come? We're going to actually help me to pray for the, the church as we come up. Can you give her a, a mic? Um, uh, yeah, she has one. Here are the two anchors for faith. It's our relationship with God and our revelation from God. We want to pray for you today that God would meet you and cause your faith to rise from an experience of a deeper relationship with Him and a revelation from Him. Yeah. Let me make sure it's on. Yes, family, let us just close our eyes right now just for greater focus. I believe right now that the Lord, His Holy Spirit is here just 
for anointing to deliver and to heal us from disappointments right now. I couldn't sleep last night with just the impression from the Lord that he has a salve for healing disappointments this morning. Some of these disappointments are deep. Some of these disappointments are the could lead to doubt and depression without the Lord's touch this morning. You've been disappointed by a person who you've looked up to and they've let you down. You've been disappointed by a circumstance, something that didn't go the way you planned. But what he showed me is that he's given you a bag of tools. He's given you a doctor's bag. And in this bag, there's joy. It says the joy of the Lord is your strength. In this bag, there's joy, there's strength. In this bag, there is hope. And he says, pick up this bag. We have sung about these tools. We have jumped about these tools. But God says right now, it's time to use these tools the way I have given them to you. What is in this bag is joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. There's strength. There's hope. There's faith that rises in your hearts right now. Because God says with these tools, you will get wisdom. You will get strategy. You will get healing. And all these things will deliver you, will bring my healing upon you this morning. God says, in exchange for this disappointment, you give it to him. And he says, and he promises you that the plans that I have for you are for hope and to give you a future. It is good. It is bright. He says, if you exchange this, I can turn everything around for the good of those that love me and are called according to my purpose. And he says, you are called according to my purpose. He reminds you that he is a sovereign God and you can trust him. You can trust him with your disappointment this morning. In Isaiah chapter 20, 55, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so Holy Spirit, just come right now. Put your salve of healing over our wounds this morning, God. And I see that there are scars. But right now, if you will allow the Holy Spirit, he paints his healing upon your heart this morning. And in exchange, he gives you joy. He gives you strength. He gives you hope. He says right now, If he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he clothe you more will he clothe you if he watches over every sparrow how much more does he love you how much more does he love you if he watches over every sparrow how much more does he clothe If he dresses the lilies, if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he love you? Let's sing Jaira. Jaira, you are enough. We sing Jaira, you are enough. Yeah.
For you are Jaira. You are enough. You sing Jaira. Oh, Jaira. You are enough. Make this your promise, Jaira. Jaira. You are enough. And I will be. And I will be content. Even if it's in every For you are Jaira, you are enough. So Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, God, that you bring joy, you bring strength, you bring healing this morning, God, to everyone who has heard your word this morning. So God, we honor you, we glorify you, God. And we thank you that this word will not fall void, God, but that you will take us to the next step, God, that we will go to the next step, the next faith level, step one, two, and three, God. We release it right now and we seal your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together.